0: on the viewpoint. Mr. Essof, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us here on SAFM. Hi,
1: good evening to you and to your listeners. Fantastic. Thank
0: you for me on. Yeah, it's good <laughs> to have you and I'm glad that you're still wide awake at this time of day. And it's certainly great to be able to engage on a conversation that I suppose affects everybody, not just those who are not employed, but certainly those who are within employment and are looking to move the way perhaps their interests and their heart's desires might want to take them. So perhaps I should open with an open-ended question, which then you can sort of help us zone in on. Career choice. Where are the critical milestones or what are the critical milestones in enjoying a career that is in line with one's dreams and talents and opportunities, really? I don't imagine it starts the day you apply for a particular job, nor frankly do I imagine it starts when you are a student. I think it starts a little bit before that, but I would yield to your better judgment and advice and experience on that.
1: Yeah, what a a good question for this time of the night, right? (laughs) I suppose really, uh, you know, the starting point would be for a person to reflect on their own strengths, their own passion, their own uh, aspirations. Uh, And only, really speaking, you know what that is. And there are many tools out there that can help you sort of surface that. But ideally, what you would like to do is come to some sort of a consultation in inverted commas, whether it's a career counselor or otherwise, but already in your mind knowing where you think you want to fit in or where you want to go in. And, and that's likely based on, firstly, self-assessment of your strengths and your, 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 your weaknesses, if you wish, uh, but also being honest with yourself that, you know, whatever pathway you're going to take is one that's going to be fulfilling to you. And maybe if I can just uh, deviate for a short minute or two, just just to say that you know, so we have probably a few matriculants listening or or, uh, finished matriculants who are finished now, right? Or parents Mm -hmm. of matriculants who are listening to this show. Yes. And one mistake that we normally make, or you know, we hear of, is I'm choosing this particular course or this career path because (laughs) my parents asked me to or told me to do that, right? Only for later in life, if they are lucky, some people make a career shift, a midlife career shift, if you wish, Mm -hmm. uh, to something more fulfilling. You know, I've earned my money because my my parents asked me to do it. But, you know, my real passion, a doctor would tell us, is art, (laughs) you know. Mm. Uh, So I suppose really the starting point is knowing yourself.
0: How? We're talking about an 18 year old here, or possibly younger, or even a 20 mm-hmm. year old for that matter. I mean, they're making now genuine decisions that will mm-hmm. impact, for the better, for worse, their mm-hmm. lives. For, and it even starts earlier than that. And, then, and that's why I posited as such earlier on in Senate 6, grade 8. Mm-hmm. You choose certain subjects. And then mm-hmm. a year and a half later, you choose other subjects. And then in grade mm-hmm. 10, standard eight, you choose subjects that you will carry through, which will find the way into your matric final certificate results. Against those results, you can then apply for career options at your traditional universities. That's so right. the decisions that are made that are not made as a 14-year-old, as a 16-year-old, then start to impact you as, a 20 year, as an 18-year-old for the purposes of going into a particular mm. stream in university. Mm-hmm. Of course, one mm-hmm. drops out, one picks up particular credits for the purposes of majoring or specialization, and, and, and. But there, mm-hmm. are, de- there, there are a series of decisions made along the way that effectively mm-hmm. narrow as opposed to widen the scope. And then you graduate sure. with a Bachelor of Laws, as in my case. <laughs> I'm not going to be an accountant. That is clear. I'm not going to be an engineer. That is clear. And that's right. not necessarily a bad thing because at some point you can't be a jack-of-all-trades and mastering none of those. Forget the right. conversation about those who are multipotentialites, potentialites and, and there's a case for yeah. them too. But what decisions are made by who that are critical for the purposes of ownership and to carry the drive and the necessary resolve? You mentioned that mm. parents make mm. decisions or children make decisions based on the will of the parent, who is not going to be owning mm. any of what is required <laughs> to pursue this career. Nothing, except for paintings, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. maybe.
1: Yeah. So let me try. Let me try and 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 maybe answer that again. Right. So you're talking to us as a high education institution, and we probably come in right at the end of that critical decision you need to make as a teenager, like, like as you said, eighteen or nineteen year old. You need to sort of uh, uh, decide on the career path that you want to go and so in so we must recognize that career decisions are deeply personal and can be emotionally charged firstly so our career officers uh, in, in particular I mean and at it, and a different level of a person's career choice right our career officers provide holistic support or try to provide holistic support addressing not just the skills and knowledge gaps but also the anxieties and uncertainties of those that we interview. We try to offer workshops and building resilience and managing stress and developing the growth mindset of the individuals, hoping that all these various interventions will sort of nudge them closer to the direction they ought to go to. But ultimately, what we try and do is offer, if we can, a personalized career guidance, tailored to the individual's unique journey. So I've said a mouthful, but what I'm saying to you in in a nutshell is when you land up at the door of a higher education institution, we almost have to trust your judgment because we have to make a decision quickly to place you in some class or into some program. Uh, And the intervention that we can give you in a limited way at the beginning hopefully will get you to choose and select the right program and then you can go further in terms of what you want to do
0: let's talk about something which is important in the context of today's society is there Mm -hmm. sufficient empowerment in the home And confidence in the home to have these sorts of conversations, contemplating the limitations that may be there, because in many South African homes, still to this day, you find young people going to university or to tertiary institutions, even for skills-based training, where the parent or the guardian might not necessarily have been predisposed to that so their ability mm. to advise and counsel is that much more limited mm. and perhaps one social capital doesn't quite expand to somebody for instance who would come from a private school background where the parent or the parents come from an environment where there's a lot of social capital for instance how then do such challenges for instance be mitigated against more especially in a society where job profiles are becoming very fluid and the skills required today are considerably different even to the skill sets typically required even some ten to fifteen years ago. in other words, the landscape is as dynamic as it is
1: yeah, so this I, I suppose there's two parts to your question two answers to two parts of the answers to, to your question. one is where do you intervene and who has the who has the uh, the interest to intervene at a particular age? You, you correctly state the vast majority of our citizenry and especially our uh, school-government kids, those that are in uh, public uh, institutions, don't have the luxury. Uh, Forget even the parents and exposure to parents, even exposure at schools among educators, among career counselors at schools. uh, It's it's done at such a superficial level, if at all, that many stumble into careers uh, or, or into career paths or what they think they want to do, uh, given their own interest, or you know what they think they are interested in, uh, and, and that work requires more than one institution. I mean, it, it really requires a, a, a governmental pull, if you wish, uh, to, to start educating people much earlier on about options in career pathing, et cetera, et cetera. However, let's assume that you bumped into or, or you jumped into a course at some institution which may not exactly be what you think uh, it ought to be. The institution has then two responsibilities.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One is how do they guide you so that at an appropriate time you can make a shift within the institution, and, and some are rigid and you, may not afford it. Uh, and, and, and more importantly, and maybe the second part is, what is it that the institution is teaching you Beyond the formal curriculum, uh, so that uh, the kind of skill sets that you pick up—you know—we talk of these 21st-century skills. Mm-hmm. That people talk about um, things like um, adaptability and, uh, you know, uh, pivoting, you know, all these all these buzzwords are out there. So how do we? How do institutions bring that into their uh, teaching and learning? So that beyond the curriculum, you are able to uh, m- uh, make a decision, uh, make a life choice uh, based on the kind of skill sets that you receive. Mm. So that even if you have to complete a course that you're not exactly suited for, let's say you only, you get it epiphany in the third year of your BCom degree, you're mm. now doing BCom accounting or BCom law, like 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 in your case, right? Uh, and and then you get the epiphany, what are you going to do? Uh, if you don't have additional funding, if you don't have uh, financial support, hopefully complete the course, take on additional modules or additional learnings that will aid you in uh, in, in in shifting your career path to something more suitable or uh, to what you think you wanted to do or what you think you want to do. So yeah, so the responsibility really falls on to institutions at some point. Uh, after you sort of join them and, and start working uh, and start studying at that institution.
0: Fantastic, Mr. Hussein Essoff. Thank you so much, sir, for your time as head of employability at Regent Business School. You certainly have my vote in terms of if I need career counseling, I know exactly who to call.